morning, everybody. Just a little uh, COVID humor over here. <laughs> um, good morning, happy Sunday, and happy Valentine's Day. Um, I'm so happy to be back with you guys. Um, and we've been on this journey together of holistic living for the past few weeks. And I've been giving you guys some resources at the end of each talk um, to kind of help you guys dive deeper into what we've been talking about. So if you've been enjoying the series so far and again, wanting to dive deeper and find ways to like help apply this to your daily life, I have two more resources. I'm actually gonna start off with resources this morning and I'm gonna give you two more resources um, that I'd like to share with you guys. So the first one is actually called Holistic Christian um, Living. And it's a lady named Cynthia Damascus, and she is a certified integrative nutrition health coach, and she specializes in functional nutrition and lifestyle management. She helps people um, reach their health and their lifestyle goals in a Christ-centered way, and she is orthodox, and she actually, she has a website, a blog, and a podcast, and she has a lot of different programs out there for fat, different fasts like Advent and Lent. So she's a really great resource. I listen to her almost like weekly because she's such a great resource on blending in the holistic health and lifestyle with orthodoxy. And she's a professional in it. And so she gives you all different resources. And she interviews so many different people with so many different backgrounds too in her podcast. So she's a great resource to look at um, and to go to. Another one is called Healthy Mind, Healthy Soul Podcast. And it's a podcast through ancient faith. And it's a priest named Father Nicholas Lowe and his wife. Um, she is Presbyterian Dr. Roxanne Lowe. And for those of you that came to the marriage event yesterday, that we're the one, they're the ones that kind of hosted for us and um, gave us the talks yesterday. Um, she is a, so he's an Orthodox priest, and she is actually a licensed clinical psychologist with a practice. And so they kind of come together, and they blend their two professions together, and their podcast um, is exactly what it's about, what it's called, Healthy Minds and Healthy Souls. So it's embracing the holistic health of the mind and spirit within the Orthodox Church. So um, they're also another great resource, and their podcasts are great to listen to. So these are the two resources I wanted to share with you guys this morning. So, um, as we said, we've been discussing how, um, our, on this holistic living journey, about how God created us to be holistic beings, meaning that everything about us is intimately interconnected and nothing can be separated from each other. We're to treat and take care of the whole person because God wants to do great things through you and me. And our body has been given to us as a tool to serve the purpose of God, and we are to honor what God has given us. And we've been looking at how St. Paul had told us in 1 Thessalonians 5.23, Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are to sanctify, set apart our whole spirit, soul, and body by taking care of it. And we had split up our whole being into three components of body, mind, and spirit. And uh, we discussed about how to take care of our bodies by eating well, exercising, and getting good sleep. And we looked at Daniel at how he was an example of pursuing excellence both physically, mentally, and spiritually. Then last week we discussed our minds and the importance of taking care of our mental health and how crucial it is. And we discussed 
practical ways that um, uh, we can do that, taking care of our mental health. And we saw how the Bible also reinforced the importance of our health, the health of our minds. Today we're going to dive into the last component of our full holistic being, which is our spirit. So for each of us, when we mention physical or mental health, something specific comes into our mind, right? When I say physical health, you might be thinking of food or lifestyle or exercise or energy or weight loss, whatever it might be for you. You have something specific that comes to mind, right? Mental health, you might be thinking of like counseling or being at peace or whatever it may be. But when somebody mentions spiritual health, so many different things come to our mind as well, but we don't really know what it means. And we don't know how, it's a lot harder to like pinpoint and be specific on what is spiritual health, right? I remember when we first um, had moved to DC and then when Nathaniel wanted to meet with um, one of the priests there. So he came and sat with him after and the priest goes, so tell me, how's your spiritual life? And Abuna looked at him and he was like, I don't know how to answer that. What are you asking me? Are you asking me, like, how many times do I pray? How many times am I reading the Bible? How often do I go to church? Like, what does that mean? And he was like, it's good, I guess. I don't know, <laughs> you know? Like, we don't know how to answer that question. So what is our measure of spiritual health? Like, what is the goal? In the Western culture today, if you ask people about their spiritual life, we say um, it's becoming more popular to hear people say, like, you know, well, I don't believe in religion, but I am a spiritual person. Right? And that sounds nice, but what does that mean? What exactly does it mean to be a spiritual person? So how do we define spirituality? So I found out with doing, like, preparing for this and studying for this that actually the definition of spirituality has actually evolved over time. So currently, what spirituality means, if you were to look it up in the Oxford Dictionary, it says the quality of being concerned with the human spirit or soul as opposed to material or physical things, which is nice. But then when I started looking at the history of what spirituality meant, you look at it and in general, it actually what it means is that we are curious beings. We're interested in pursuing something bigger than ourselves. And we recognize or believe that there's something greater than me and something more than being human and something more than our experiences here and that we are part of a greater divine. And really, if you think about it, spirituality is in everybody, right? Um, you hear a lot of people that say, well, everything happens for a reason. They don't know what they're saying or what they mean by it, but there's a sense of spirituality in each person. So what is the optimal spiritual health? How do I answer the question, how am I doing spiritually? And in order to answer that, we have to look at the ultimate example of optimal spirituality, which pers was personified in the person of Jesus. He came down and he connected and was the fusion of humanity and divinity into one. And there was actually a man in the Bible who was a lawyer, and he was trying to ask Jesus the same question. He was trying to ask them, you know, what is spirituality? How do I get to heaven? He's asking the same question as we are. And here's what Jesus, who is the epitome of holiness and spirituality, told him. In Matthew 22, 35 through 40, then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him, saying, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? And Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. 
and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and prophets. Christ gave him a holistic, comprehensive answer. We are to love the Lord our God with what? With all of our heart, our soul, and our mind, our whole being. And therefore, our life has to also be holistic and comprehensive. And that is where the beauty of the Orthodox faith and the Orthodox way of life comes in. It's holistic. It's comprehensive. It's pointing us to the person of Jesus, who is the epitome of how we are designed to live. So how does the Orthodox Church, in her wisdom, guide us on this journey of spiritual health? So the Orthodox Church understands that spiritual health is a constant journey. It's a lifestyle. It's not just a set of rules. It's not just rituals. It's not like a belief or a pattern of behavior. It's a sacramental life that embraces struggle, but also involves discipline. And the true existence of the church is that it is a hospital that cures and transforms a man and gives him the strength to live out the difficulties of life. And then it prepares us to depart in peace and have eternal life. St. John, John Chrysostom, who was a bishop of the 4th century, he said it beautifully. He said, The church is a hospital and not a courtroom for the souls. She does not condemn on behalf of the sins, but grants remission of sins. So if the church is this holistic spiritual health center, if we look at it as a hospital that cures man, where all of us who are tired and fearful and broken are supposed to be, then we know that it offers cures and therapies and practices in which we call spiritual disciplines to help make us well. These spiritual disciplines that are provided by the church are meant to guide us, and again, they're therapies to help us reach optimal spiritual health. If we go along with the church being a hospital, right, when you're sick and you end up going into the hospital, you have certain procedures and services that are performed on you to help you recover and heal, right? And then you go see a doctor and you see the nurse and you see the pharmacist and all these specialists, and they're all doing their services and prescribing different therapies that help you recover and get better. That is what our sacramental life and spiritual disciplines are in the church. That's how we should look at it in our church. They are our spiritual therapies that guide us and bring us healing and unity for our ultimate healer and savior, Jesus Christ. So what are some of these spiritual disciplines or therapies that the church provides for us? And I'm only going to highlight just a few of them because our church is so deep and so rich. And that's part of its beauty is that no matter where you are in your healing process, the church has something for you. You can go either as deep or as shallow as you need to go depending on where you are in your healing process. And there's such a plethora of ways like that the holistic, like spiritual healing can happen within the church. But again, I'm only going to highlight a few of them. And we're going to look into two different aspects of our spiritual health, the communal practices and then the personal um, practices. And you cannot do one without the other because, again, we are comprehensive, holistic beings. We need both of them. So our communal ways um, of reaching um, optimal spiritual health include a sacramental life. And I've said that word a couple times already. Um, and we hear that word a lot that's commonly used to describe orthodoxy. And for those that were in liturgy this morning, um, 
Father Nathaniel touched on, our second core value at St. Mark Church is transcendent worship. It's liturgical and personal worship points us to something so much bigger than ourselves. Our participation in the sacramental life is the foundation of our ancient faith and allows us to enter into a transformational life in Jesus. So here we mentioned again our communal and our personal worship, and we mentioned that the sacramental life is the foundation of the Orthodox Church, and it's what transforms us. So what is the word sacrament? It's when God is intersecting the visible to point to the invisible. So I know you guys have heard this example from uh, Father Nathaniel a lot about a wedding ring, right? It's something visible that points to the invisible of a man and a woman united together as one. Um, Just last week, yeah, last week was the Super Bowl, right? Yes, last week, um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, right? They got a Super Bowl trophy, okay? It's a piece of metal. It's just a trophy, it's a medal. It, it really doesn't mean anything, but to them, it, the significance of it goes beyond the medal, right? It transcends the medal into an object that shows a championship, and they actually end up kissing it and revering it and putting it in this glass trophy, right? So it's the same thing. It's something visible pointing to something invisible. That's what we say when we're talking about sacraments, something visible pointing to the invisible. So one of the sacraments... Um, that I want to highlight in our communal worship is liturgy. So the liturgy, um, oh sorry, there's sacrament. Liturgy literally means work of the people. It's a communal worship that holistically engages us by using all of our senses and all of our movements and all the prayers in order for us to eventually abide in the Eucharist, the body and blood of Christ. And the liturgy itself actually takes us on this beautiful journey of renewal in order to abide in Christ. And throughout the liturgy, this concept of a journey is actually highlighted in so many different aspects. I mean, from literally entering in from the west in order to finally go up to the east to abide in Christ, right? We're entering in from the west and we move up to the east. So physically, there's a a symbolism of journey. And then... If we look at the church music and the hymnology, we start off at the beginning of liturgy with more somber music, and then we end up with a more joyful tune of Psalm 150. Again, it's this journey. And then if you look at our prayers in the liturgy, one of the very first prayers that we pray is, have mercy on us. We're acknowledging that we are broken people in need of healing coming into this hospital. But then if you look at one of the end prayers, by the end of liturgy, once we've gone through this journey, one of the prayers is, the holy is for the holies, right? We are partaking in the one who is whole, and he is calling me holy because I'm abiding in him to become whole. So he has fin- he's bringing us healing and making us whole. We come in broken, and then we are made whole through abiding through him. And the church even uses all these intimate and personal words like um, being made whole, such as partaking and abiding, right? The liturgy is all about renewal and abiding in Christ. And there's even a fasting component in order for us to abide and feast. We have to empty ourselves that we may end up being filled and to partake of the body and precious blood. And I understand that some people, some people have a hard time really believing that it's the body and blood of Jesus, but it was clearly stated in John 6 and 
some people did walk away from Jesus when he told him, this is my body and this is my blood. Because it didn't fit their logic. But Christ came to transcend our logic. The next communal spiritual discipline and therapy I want to talk about is fasting. And this one is actually, I consider it part of both, communal and personal. Because we do it as a church, right? The church guides us for us all to do it together. But there's also a spiritual aspect to it of our own personal growth. And our church actually guides us to fast in different seasons. And we have one coming up in a few weeks of Lent. So what is fasting? And a lot of us actually might have been hearing it a lot with this new um, diet of intermittent fasting. Um, but it's really actually, it's interesting again how science is catching up to a lot of our ancient practices that we've been talking about, right? Because now they're finding intermittent fasting to be very beneficial, but our church has been practicing this for several, several years because of its benefits. But fasting's purpose is a tool to deepen our communion with God and to empty ourselves so that we can end up filling ourselves with him. He is the only one that can fulfill our needs. And it shifts our gaze from the craziness around me and the struggles that I'm in to Christ who is above me and beyond covering it all. And there's a beautiful analogy that I read recently in a blog about fasting that I'm going to share with you guys because this analogy really shifted my perspective on fasting. Fasting is not just about refraining from certain foods and a laundry list of no's. It's not a formula. It is a state of being. It's tidying up the clustered and musty soul. It is being intentional about pausing and turning inward, allowing the tools the church prescribes for us, such as prayer, restraint, stillness, and almsgiving, to enter in and open the windows, letting light and fresh air. Fasting is a caring mother stepping in to set boundaries for her overtired, overstimulated, overworried, and undernourished child. Just as a mother would say, no, because you need your rest. No, because your body cannot run on junk. No, because I, I know you, and I love you so deeply, and you are hurting. Let me help you find healing and relief. That is what fasting is. And fasting has so many benefits to our holistic health as well. Not only does it benefit our souls through the self-discipline and increased communion with God, but it also benefits our minds and our bodies. The self-discipline that we gain from fasting, it helps us actually achieve things that we would have never been able to do without it, right? It can help us from anything from learning to hold our tongue when we want to say something um, that we know is going to hurt somebody and damage a relationship. Or it can even help us achieve a personal and professional goal because discipline is the vehicle that transports us to our destination. We need dis a discipline to get to any destination that we want. And fasting is a great source to teach us that self-discipline. It also has a lot of health benefits when done correctly, not eating a bunch of junk and carbs constantly. When we're eating correctly, um, it has helped people with weight loss, high blood pressure, detoxification, um, increased metabolism and brain function, and it reduces the risk of disease and stronger immune system. So it has a lot of body benefits too, like our, our, our health as well, when done correctly. And scientific research has found a lot, especially through the intermittent fasting, that you're more energized when you're fasting. 
But the teachings of our church have known that, and they have been telling us this because we know it's hard to pray and hard to fill ourselves with God and hard to concentrate when we're full of junk and, and you know, our stomach, like we have things that are weighing us down. And science is now catching up to what our church and our tradition has been teaching us. And I know I just spent a lot of time on fasting, but I wanted to do that intentionally because we have Lent coming up in a few weeks, and I don't want us to miss out on this beauty of the season that's coming up. Okay, it's not, just about, it's not just about food. I don't want us to just focus on it being about food. It's a time for full, holistic healing and spiritual health. It's a time to take everything we've just been talking about and putting it into practice so that way we can find full, holistic healing. It's a season that embodies the holistic spiritual health through repentance. And knowing that pride and gluttony actually make us more, weigh us down more and make us more miserable. It's a time and a season of saying yes to being rooted, yes to joy, yes to love being the only answer necessary. So I really encourage that we take an opportunity this season to really find holistic healing through fasting this Lent. St. John Chrysostom says it best. He says, fasting is the change of every part of our life. Because the sacrifice of the fast is not the abstinence, but the distancing from sins. Therefore, whoever limits the fast to deprivation of food, he is the one who in reality abhors and ridicules the fast. Are you fasting? Show me your fast with your works. Which works? If you see someone who was poor, show him mercy. If you see an enemy, reconcile with him. If you see a friend who is becoming successful, do not be jealous of him. If you see a beautiful woman on the street, pass her by. This is what St. John Chrysostom says about fasting. It's about our whole person being changed. So those were the two communal spiritual disciplines that I wanted to highlight as a guide. Again, it's a guide and a therapy that is helping us regularly abide in Christ for healing, healing and renewal. Okay, so that was the liturgy and fasting. Now, the extension of our communal spiritual life is our personal daily life. And one of the personal um, spiritual practices I wanted to highlight is another sacrament in our church, which is confession. And again, sacrament is God intersecting the visible to point to the invisible. So confession is when you have a repentant heart and want to turn back to God. So you sit with your priest or your father of confession and you confess and you speak out loud, you say it out loud, your sins. And the priest, through the authority that has been given to him by God, reads an absolution prayer over you, and your sins are absolved before God. So, there's many studies, and we talked about this last week, there's many studies that when you speak something out loud, you have a higher percent chance of reaching the goal that you're trying to reach. Okay? And then... It also helps you, like when we talked about mental health last week, and we said when we speak out our deepest fears and experiences, it allows it to be spoken to. It allows it to be looked at. It allows it to be wrestled with, right? And then it ends up le helping lead us to being cured and improvement in that area. And you have the visible sacrament of the priest and his cross. That's what's visible. You have the audible, which is us confessing our sins out loud. And then you have um, the priest saying out loud the absolution. Those are all the visible things that we see. But what is invisible 
is how God is mystically renewing me and healing me and forgiving my sins. And the absolution prayer that the priest prays on us at the very end is so beautiful because it acknowledges that there's two broken people here in the room, but God is in the midst bringing healing and forgiveness. And I know there's some people that get worried about the priest remembering or, you know, judging them or whatever, but part of the beautiful part of the absolution prayer is it's part of the prayer is that God's grace is going to help them forget, right? God's grace is covering over this, and he's not going to remember. They hear so much, I know they're, they're definitely not going to remember. But it's part of God's grace. It's part of the sacrament. God comes in the middle. And don't be afraid or shy of it because confession is such a beautiful process of healing and renewal and forgiveness. And when it's done on a regular basis, we're, again, speaking out loud our fears and our insecurities and our sins, and it's being worked on and constantly being renewed. It's a healing process for us. Another spiritual practice our church gives us is our personal daily prayers, Um, and it guides us through the Agbeya, which is a Coptic or ancient Egyptian word that means book of hours. So, This book of ours guides us into our personal prayer life, and it's primarily used by the Coptic Orthodox Church. So the Coptic Church uses it, um, is the main Orthodox Church that uses it. And it contains prayers of seven different hours throughout the day. And all those hours are actually like a chronological um, layout of themes corresponding with um, the life of our Lord Jesus And I love the Igbeya because it actually guides me in prayer when I don't know what to pray about, and it helps me focus. There's this prayer um, in the sixth hour that I love help whenever my mind is like all over the place where we say, rescue our minds from the thoughtlessness of the earthly deeds and worldly lusts. So there's prayers that help us like kind of focus our mind, and when we don't know what to say or pray, it guides us in that. And there's a lot of prayers in the Igbeya that we pray daily about holistic healing. At the beginning of each hour, there's a prayer of thanksgiving. That teaches us, like what we talked about last week with cognitive therapy, right? Rewiring our brains. It's teaching us daily how to be grateful in all circumstances. And then there's a prayer at the end of each hour about having a healthy body, healthy mind, and healthy soul. So it's daily praying for our holistic health. And um, there's also, actually, I'm going to do a little shout-out for an app called Coptic Hymns in English app. If you don't already have it, I would download that app because it actually has the Agbeya on there. And a group of deacons did such an amazing job recording the entire Agbeya. So for us to listen to, and it's audible. So you can um, listen to it all the time. It's very nice. You can have it on the go. Um, and it's free through the app. So I would definitely recommend downloading that app and, um, and listening to it through there. But... Um, The list of personal spiritual disciplines and practices can continue to go on and on and on through the church, right? There's so many that we can do. If we look at doing the sign of the cross, um, prostrations, reading God's word daily, the hymns of the church, again, it can go on and on, different therapies that help us reach deeper level spirituality with God. And all these disciplines, I want us to look at it as different therapies, again, to reach optimal spiritual health. Our holistic spiritual health All of these therapies help us point to the person of Jesus. They allow us to gain healing and abiding in Christ and allow God to intersect and work in my daily life and struggles. But I want to make something very, very clear, okay? Your key to heaven is not doing X, Y, and Z, okay? 
God told us, love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. It's not about the checklist and doing X, Y, and Z. It's not about that. These are all vehicles. They are guides to help you reach your ultimate goal, which is an intimate relationship with your Savior. Both the communal and the personal spiritual practices are rhythm. It's a rhythm, daily life rhythm. We want to make it part of our daily life rhythm, and it's not dependent on feelings. You know it's working even though you don't feel it right away, right? And is there going to be times when you're doing this and you're not feeling the sacramental life? Yes. There's going to be many times where you don't feel it, but it doesn't matter, right? Because you know that it's still working and healing. Are you excited about every single time you pick up a salad to eat? No, I'm not looking forward to a salad daily, but I know the benefits of the salad and what it's going to do for me, right? Because my eyes are on the goal. So... You don't get excited about going to the gym every day. I definitely don't like waking up early and having to work out, or even after a long day of work, having to go to the gym. We don't get excited about it, but we know of its benefits. It's the same thing with the sacramental life and with these spiritual practices. And you don't always have to understand everything because we describe Christ as the incomprehensible, but we know that it's working and healing, right? Sometimes we take medicine that our doctor gives us and we don't fully understand how it works, but we know it's helping, right? It's the same thing. The Orthodox Church is so beautiful and so rich. And again, I only touched on the surface of some of the practices of the church. But I pray that this was just an encouragement for you guys to check into the hospital. Be a patient. Check in. And do our daily therapies that have been prescribed for us so that way we can reach the optimal spiritual health and healing. Um, there's this last prayer right before communion, called the fraction. And it changes dependent on the season that we're in. But there's a standard one that we pray on a more regular basis. Right before, we pray this prayer right before we abide with the ultimate healer through communion. And the prayer that wraps up liturgy before we abide in the healer, it embodies the beauty of holistic healing within the Orthodox Church that only our Lord and our Savior and our healer, Jesus Christ, can grant for us. So that way we may live a holistic life that he has planned for us. The priest prays this. O God, who have sanctified these gifts, which are set forth through the coming down upon them of your Holy Spirit. He's talking about the Eucharist, the communion, body and blood. You have purified them. Purify us also. O oh, our Master, from our sins, the hidden and the manifest, and every thought which is not pleasing to your goodness, O oh God, the lover of mankind, may it be far from us. Purify our souls, our bodies, our spirits, our hearts, our eyes, our understanding, our thoughts, our consciousnesses, so that with a pure heart, an enlightened soul, an unashamed face, a faith unfeigned, a perfect love, and a firm hope. We may dare with boldness, without fear, to pray to you, O God, the Holy Father, who in heaven and say, Our Father. This beautifully wraps up our journey of healing through Christ. We come broken, and he purifies our entire holistic being, so that we may at the end abide and behold, behold through him. 
To him be all the glory forever. Amen. I want us to stand up and pray together the prayer at the end of the conclusion of every hour that, we, that I was talking to you about um, that echoes this as well. So I want us to pray it all together. Have mercy on us, O God, and have mercy on us, who at all times and in every hour, in heaven and on earth, is worshipped and glorified. Christ our God, the good, the long-suffering, the abundant in mercy, and the great in compassion, who loves the righteous and has mercy on the sinners, of whom I am chief, who does not wish the death of the sinner, but rather that he returns and lives, who calls all to salvation for the promise of the blessings to come, Lord, receive from us our prayers in this hour and in every hour. Ease our life and guide us to fulfill your commandments. Sanctify our spirits. Cleanse our bodies. Conduct our thoughts. Purify our intentions. Heal our diseases. Forgive our sins. Deliver us from every evil grief and distress of heart. Surround us by your holy angels that by their camp we may be guarded and guided and attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of your imperceptible and infinite glory. For you are blessed forever. Amen. Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. In Christ Jesus our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Thank you guys. Have a good week and happy Valentine's.